0: Yeah, I wouldn't want to be on a team where my leader, my teammate, I had to go through an agent and talk to him.
1: Mm.
0: And again, maybe college and NFL are different, right? But even Coach Trestle, while playing, or even right now, if you shoot a text over to him or, hey, coach, can I talk to you? Email him, whatever it may be. He's going to make some time for you. Yeah. It may not be the 30 minutes that you need. It might only be five, but regardless, he's going to make time for you. So I don't understand how a Coach Trestle can make time and like this is your teammates this is your team yeah, right you are the leader of this team and you can't make time yeah but maybe that's the reason why the broncos are performing the way that they're performing yeah their leader is kind of doing his own thing so who knows
2: In case you haven't noticed, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're building a -a one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you. Let's talk about your podcast, joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network. Man, I'll tell you what, when they had the rain delay for the tribe, that's ridiculous.
0: Listen, the rain delay was crazy. This past weekend, I was actually out in Colorado Yeah, because my brother got married. He got married on a Monday. Okay. So they got married on a Monday, obviously, because venues are a lot cheaper on the yep. weekdays compared to the weekends. But where they got married, it was up in the mountains. So hmm. like, I didn't have any self-service at all. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out what the score is of the Guardians. I almost said Tribe, but the Guardians yeah. game.
2: I said Tribe. That's all it is.
0: <laughs> In the Yankees, and you know, I don't have any service, so yeah, I had to walk out of the venue to like the office <laughs> to get yeah. a signal for the Wi Fi, yeah. And like I did it a couple times, and just to find out that it was postponed and delayed because mm. of the I guess it was raining or yep something was going on,
2: a little rain, it's ridiculous, is what it is,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so for that to happen, and then for me to go and watch the game yesterday, mm. and I turn it on. In the second inning, and we're already yep. down three nothing. That was not good. So that's not good. There's always next year. I feel like yeah. I always say that being a Cleveland fan, but hey, yeah. you know it is what it is. Yeah,
2: yeah. That's the Cleveland team that I'm about. Is the Indians, the Tribe, the Guardians, whatever we want to call them, the baseball team in Cleveland, and. I think they exceeded expectations by a lot this year. That is a young team, and it's tough, right? They don't spend a lot of money. They have no interest in spending a lot of money. I mean, they spend a little bit, I guess, on Ramirez, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's hard when you play against the Yankees in a... I mean, a five-game series is a little bit to their advantage because all you need is like... Which they got, right? They got two great pitching games. They just needed to find one more game to win, and man, it's just tough. But when that game got delayed... And then I heard the stories and it came from multiple sources that they couldn't find a hotel to stay in because their hotel they had been staying in was booked. Mm. So the team had to split up and stay in different hotels. I'm not saying that's the reason they lost or that's the excuse, but it's like, I'm sure New York people were like, yeah, don't let them in your hotel.
0: (laughs) I'm sure there was probably a little bit of that. Yeah. Then you added that extra day of rest for the Yankees. So that didn't help at all. So yeah, the Cleveland teams, I think they'll be okay. I know at least the Cavs and the Guardians, they're very young. I believe the, yeah. the Browns are pretty young as well. Yeah. So we'll see what'll happen in the future, but I definitely think they did exceed expectations. Yep. Mainly because Cleveland and everyone else was so focused on their name, not really baseball and yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I think they definitely exceeded. So something to build on for next year and, you know, hopefully we can make another run. So Yeah. So that,
2: like, makes me think a lot about The Indians, Guardian, whatever. Well, they were the Indians in 1948 when they won the World Series. So that's a lot of years in between. But you could be a fan and there's a lot of organizations. I've talked about this a lot. Ted Williams, Barry Sanders, Patrick Ewing. They never won the ultimate prize. A lot of college football teams, college football players never won the ultimate prize. Only a select few get lucky enough to win that. And there's so many factors like Patrick Ewing if Jordan didn't exist, Ewing would have won at least one championship you would have at to least assume. One. At least one. And he just didn't. And it's just like, man, you played in the era of Michael Jordan like when he was in his prime. It's like, what are you going to do about it? So yeah. it's one of those things to where the Guardians still had a really good season. They're not going to have a chance to play for the World Series, but they got as close as, you know, they got close. Like, as a player that played at the highest level, that played for Ohio State, who's, they go in every single year saying, like, national championship or bust. Like, yeah, win the Big Ten, beat Michigan, national championship, right? That's how it goes. Right. How do you see it as, like, today, maybe, let's start there, as a as a fan, as a supporter, as someone who's around the game of winning championships and not winning championships, and, like, take that how you want.
0: Yeah, I think as a former athlete at a high level, And now as a fan of, say, the Browns, the Guardians, Cavs, or whatnot, you just have to look at what you have, right? Like, one of the first things I said early was that the teams are pretty young, right? So that's something to build on. But, you know, every year, at least playing at Ohio State, like you said, we felt as if it was a national championship or bust. Like, we would Mm -hmm. uh, go to our workouts, figure out what we were doing that day, and we would break the huddle by saying national champs on three, That's what we would do. You know, that was always the plan. And if something changed along that journey, then it would go to, you know, Big Ten champs on three and then just really just go from there. But yeah, just like transitioning into, I guess, as a fan, I think my experience is a little bit different. Just because I understand the ups and the downs of a season and of a you know athletic event. I understand that injuries may happen and trades may happen or whatever it may be. So I look at the good to see where we can go from there so with the guardians i'm at a place where i believe they can go in next year and compete and win their division again and go to the world series i believe that can happen now as a browns fan i'm at this point where i'm looking at the roster and i'm saying we have the pieces there as jacoby Brissett, i think he's done everything he should do in the position that he's in, if that mm-hmm. makes sense at all. Mm-hmm. Like, no one expected him to come in and win every single game. Right. But we expected him to do enough so that we could win. Right. And up to this point, I think he has done that. Outside of us getting uh, that loss to the Patriots, I think the combined points in all of our losses may have been like by six points. Yeah. So when games are that close, it comes down to coaching. So I don't know if the Browns coaches have done enough to push this team across the finish line. But yeah, as a fan, you know, you just have to understand the game and understand that even though we want to win the championship every single time, there are going to be some things that we cannot control. Obviously, as fans, you're not in those practices or in that huddle or within that organization to do things in order for them to win. But as a fan, we have to understand that those things do happen, injuries happen, and I mean, we don't know what's going on in the locker room either. So yeah. just kind of hope and, and pray for the best and, and try not to get your emotions attached to it too much because I yeah. know it will ruin your day. I mean, yeah. at this point, the Browns, I'm already looking at 2023. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because I can't continue to do the up and the down, if that makes sense at all.
2: Yes, psychologist with this type of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, we've seen it where there's a whole thing with this in psychology. And I've seen this this conversation of like, you disassociate yourself with a team that loses and you associate yourself with a team that wins and you say, we won and they lost. Mm -hmm. And there's a psychological thing like down here, I'm in Charlotte. So Clemson, as we know, had a little run and the amount of orange I would see around town when they were winning was like, man, there's a lot of Clemson fans. And when they're losing, it's not, and I'm not, maybe I am a little bit, but it's not judgment it's understanding you know there's something to rally behind something to get behind and there's something fun in participating in that as a fan but there's definitely like a psychology that goes with it because i would still say they enjoy their team win or lose it's just some can take it a little bit too far but there's this journey aspect that the dallas cowboys have won i believe 5 super bowls yeah that's a lot yeah The Browns have never been to a Super Bowl. The Bills have been, and I'm a Bills fan, right? The Bills have been to four and they lost all of them,
0: right? Well, the Browns have won world championships. No, they have. I get (laughs) it.
2: They were very successful before this NFL thing came along, right? Yeah,
0: I know. Cleveland fans (laughs) always bring that up. I had to as a Cleveland fan.
2: Absolutely. So the Cowboys, though, if you take them, who've been, I know they haven't been as successful, but they've won five Super Bowls. uh, That's a lot. 56 Super Bowls in total. That's less than 9% of the time that they're going into a season that they're going to win the Super Bowl. like That's not great odds for anybody. The Bills are 0%. The Browns are 0%. So why is this year going to be different? They might win it. Like The Bills you look at last year, the Bills were 13 seconds away from winning a playoff game and hosting the AFC championship. There was no guarantee that they were going to win the Super Bowl, but they would have, I believe, been the favorite in the last two games. Who knows if they would have won? I think the Rams would have had something to say about that, obviously. But Everything would have changed had the Bills won. It just changes life going forward. That's just a lot. Now the Bills are going this year. They're playing amazing. It's weak. What are we, six? I mean, yeah. Are they the odds on favor to win it? They are. Does that mean they will? It doesn't. Like, I don't know. Josh Allen could get hurt and that changes everything. So as a fan, it's like what are your expectations? Like you could have it as a player. Like you talked about, your expectation is we got to go win the national championship. Mm-hmm. But as a fan, like, yeah, you don't have to live as a player, right? You can think what you want to think. It has no effect on what Nate Oliver, the football player is going to be doing. It's just, it's a lot in that. And I think that's why we talk about this stuff. Like Ohio State, I think right now they may be, you know, on paper or on like what we've seen, the best team or one of the best teams does that mean they're going to win it all? No. Is there going to be disappointment down the road? Possibly. I guess it's just as fans thinking about, not fans, it's just, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. There's a lot in this world of being a fan. I'm, I guess I'm fascinated maybe by the psychology of it and the enjoyment of the process because, man, like we've seen some of the greatest ever never sniff that championship. So, what does that mean? Like, would they give that up? I don't think so.
0: No, I don't think they give it up. I think. As fans, my perspective is Nate Oliver's perspective. Yeah. I'm not going to say everyone else should feel this way, but I guess mine is just a little bit different. Just growing up in Cleveland, we'll start with Cleveland and then (laughs) we'll move over to Ohio State. Growing up in Cleveland, like for a few years there, I did not have a football team in Cleveland. Like, yeah. I had to go look at NFL football and watch whoever was playing just because we did not have a team. And when we came back in 99, like, we were excited that we finally had our football team back, but it mm. has been a journey since '99 yeah. to actually establish a team, really a team culture, and really the Cleveland Browns as they once were when they were winning the world championships back in the day. So, I don't know. Like, my expectation of the Browns is anything bad that can happen, I just expect it to happen just because yep. it's the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are doing what the Browns do. Like, if you ever ask a Cleveland fan, like, Hey, what happened to Cleveland? The response most likely will be the Browns are being the Browns. Yeah. But we still support. Yeah. When or draw, like you will still going to wear our Cleveland Browns jerseys, hoodies, whatever it may be. Even if it's just in jest, like I bought a hoodie the other day. <laughs> it's a Browns hoodie. And it says Cleveland makes me drink. <laughs> and, and it's still me supporting yeah. the Browns, but also understanding like, There are a lot of ups and downs when it comes to supporting the Browns there and themselves, right? Now, moving over to Ohio State, it's a little bit different just because, probably because I played there, right? So that's probably the reason why I'm like a little bit more attached to Ohio State compared to the Browns. But I also understand the game and that injuries may happen. I believe that Ohio State on paper should be able to win the national championship. And I believe that CJ Stroud should. Win the Heisman Trophy. Now, if those things don't happen, will it ruin my day? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it'll probably ruin my day or maybe a couple <laughs> days, but it's not going to ruin like the rest of my year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm able to separate the two. Yeah. But I've also seen, and I think we've all seen those videos of fans where their team loses. And the next thing you know, they're taking a beer bottle or a baseball bat to their 72 inch big screen TV.
2: Yeah. That TV's coming down. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, and it's kind of like, yo, at a certain point, we got to relax. You know what I mean? So it's just one of those weird things where fans don't know how to separate themselves for the game. Yeah. And I think that's where you kind of run into issues where I know at least a few years ago at Ohio State, it was Ohio State versus Texas, you know, when uh, Vince Young was playing quarterback. Yeah. Who dropped a handy our tight end Hamby. Yeah. He actually dropped a pass in the end zone. Yeah. We probably would have won the game if he caught it, but There were also some other plays where we could have made and we didn't. I think Dante Woodner maybe dropped an interception. That probably would have ended up being a pick six and those kind of things happen. But fans not knowing how to separate from the game is what causes them to write death threats Mm. to Pambi. Yeah. For dropping a pass in the end zone. Like that's where you're like, yo, something's wrong here. You gotta be able to separate it. You can still be passionate about your team without really wanting to cause bodily harm to someone yeah. because they dropped a the pass. Yeah. like That's when it becomes weird. Mm. And you become a fanatic
2: in a bad way, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, and you see it in all different ways. Like, that's the extreme, I think. Or maybe showing up to the guy's house would be the ultimate extreme, right? But right. we've seen it. I mean, there's that Robert De Niro, Wesley Snipes movie, right? The fan. Oh, that movie, and yeah. it was just crazy. But you see it. You see these videos where people are getting in fights in the stands and it's in regards to a sporting event. Like, it's... Tribalism, especially like I see it. NFL's becoming more and more. NFL's got is some weirdness going on with fans in that sport. European soccer. Soccer. And college football. Yeah. And college football. College football, like, especially living in the south. Ohio's big and it's just it is a little different down here and how they treat it. And like they don't want to hear anything about Ohio State, right? Like, except for other Ohio State people. But like it gets crazy. To a point where there's no conversation to be had. It's kind of like politics in a way to where you're either on this side or that side and there's no middle ground. Like you'll find some people that are just fans of sports and you can talk to them about it to a point where it's like, man, it's just... Like you go to Twitter even nowadays and you just go find some real animosity going on down there. Like it's bad. It's really bad. It upsets people and and then it leads to... Those conflicts, those fights. And a lot of times it's not, right? There's always good too. But I'm just saying, you look at you go and find that there's enough bad out there when it comes to this. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's not good. It's not good for the soul.
0: (laughs) No, not at all. Like me being from Cleveland, being a Browns fan, like whenever I would go to a Steelers game and wear a Steelers hoodie or -hmm. say anything about Cam making a play, go Steelers, Mm -hmm. Steelers with a great win, Whatever it may be, I had people from Cleveland that I went to school with, like St. Ed's, or even just people in the Cleveland area that would like go into my direct messages and like, I can't believe that you would cheer for the Steelers and (laughs) you're a traitor, you're X, Y, Z, and they can't separate the two to realize like, you realize Cam was my roommate. Right at Ohio that's your State, boy. yeah, like, like that's my guy. Yeah. Like, you think yeah. I'm not going to cheer for the Steelers? Yeah, like even when the Browns play the Steelers, I want the Steelers. Oh, I'm sorry, I want the Browns to win. Yeah. Now, Careful. without being yeah. <laughs> said, I want Cam to go out and do his thing. If the Browns win and Cam has four sacks, great. Yeah, I'm glad. Now Cam's yeah. probably going to be pissed because the Steelers lost, but I'm glad he did his thing. Yeah, but yeah, it's weird. People do not know how to separate the two. Yeah, I've seen people fist fight over a game in front of me. Yeah. I think there was a few fights that actually uh, broke out at the Yankees Guardians game up in Cleveland that have been like circling around social media. So, or maybe it was just the Cleveland area thing where it was circling around our area, but I've seen it in the stands and it's just one of those things where it's becoming like you said tribal and if you look at all the spaces whether it be sports, politics, whatever it may be, like people are so extreme now that you can't even have real conversations. Yeah, And if you think differently or cheer for a different team, you're automatically the enemy and I have to go and take you out. And that's very weird. Yeah. Just my opinion.
2: It is. I agree with you. It's toxic. I think it's cool when fans of the out-of-town team come in the stadium with you to watch that team. I remember being at the Oklahoma game at Ohio State the year after Ohio State beats Oklahoma, right? So Oklahoma fans, they travel. So they show up. Baker's there. Kyler Murray's on the bench, which is crazy. They had a roster, right? Yeah, I was sitting next to some Oklahoma fans, and we had a great time communicating, talking about the game. They're excited as they should be. Absolutely, they weren't disrespectful. Now that's a difference. If you show up and you're disrespectful,
0: that's a little you're asking for trouble. You're asking at that for point. Ex- yeah.
2: exactly, and you're going to find out, right? So yeah. that's different, and someone's going to call that out. But I think it's cool when they do that. It's just when it leads to fights and arguments. That's just you know people taking it to extremes, but.
0: Yeah, the Oklahoma-Ohio State game down here at Columbus was great. I mean, outside of Baker destroying our defense that year. The Oklahoma fans definitely traveled very well. Yeah. And I thought they were respectful. Like, I had no issues with them. Everything was fine. And I remember walking back to my car after the game, and there was two Oklahoma fans just in the crowd of Ohio State fans. Oklahoma, obviously, just won. Baker just planted the flag in the middle of the field. (laughs) So Ohio State fans are already, you know, pissed off, right? Yep. And this couple just minding their business, walking. And here come Ohio State fans drawing, like, trying to get something going. And, like, these two are just trying to probably get back to their car or get back to an area to where they can Uber to go back to their hotel. Yeah. And, like, it got to a point where, like, we all had to step in and be like, yo, like, leave them alone. They're not doing anything. They're walking. Yeah. Yeah. Like, chill. It's not that deep. No, it's not. They're still good out there, right? When you have fans, they'll be like, yo, they kind of step in between and um, pretty much provide like protection, right? Yeah. But let's say it was flipped and those Oklahoma fans were engaging this guy and mm-hmm. they was just drawing back and forth. That's when those big fights happen. That yep. don't have to happen. And then all of a sudden someone ends up in the hospital or dying, which we've seen that before in sports mm-hmm. as well. Yep. And now you just ruined your life and the lives of other people that you did not know over a football game or a basketball game or a baseball game. Like, was it really worth it? Come on, man. No, it's too much.
2: Yeah, it is too much. It is too much winning going on this one. You talked about like the young teams, the 14 Ohio state team. That was the young team. That was not their year. I mean, that's when that was another game. I remember being at the Virginia tech game. There was Virginia tech people. I knew that were at that game and they were like, Oh my God, like we're going to lose by a hundred. Like they just couldn't believe what it was like to be in that stadium at night. And then for them to walk away after that pick six at the end and be like, we just beat Ohio State. I think they lost to ECU the week after, but it was like, that wasn't Ohio State's team at that time to win it. And then they end up winning the national championship with all that went on. And the 15 team was the team that everyone had planned to said, that's going to be the team and maybe they still could have won it. They just, we've talked about that one game versus Michigan State. Run the ball. Yeah, just run the ball, man. But it's just sometimes it's when you don't expect it, right? Like you win when you're maybe not expected to win it or you lose when you are expected to win it. It's just, you don't know. There's a lot that goes into it. But that was a young team that that was a lot of sophomores that played a big role.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things where that team was just special anyway. And they lost early. I think that's important to point out. Like, If you're going to lose, you should lose like week one or week two. Yeah. And then hope, pray, and wish that everyone else that is ranked is still ranked by the time you play them. And then from there, I mean, losses are going to happen. It can happen any given, I guess, Saturday or Friday or Thursday, whatever day those college games are played. Right. Every day
2: now.
1: Yeah.
0: Anybody could lose, right? Yeah. Yeah. That team was special. And I think that sophomore class, I want to say I read an article where, a few of them, I think it was after, was it the Clemson loss or whatever loss it was the year before in 13 the bowl game? Yeah, the Orange Bowl. Yeah, I guess they sat in the hotel right after the game and they pretty much made a promise like, yeah, this will never happen to us again and yeah. we're going to win a national championship. And then lo and behold, <laughs> that team goes out and I led by a lot of those sophomores, they go out and they, they win. Yeah. I think whenever a team, like you said, isn't really picked to win, they're kind of, they're still young, they're still this, they're still that, and they end up losing to a team they're not supposed to early in the season. Yeah. I think it becomes easier for that team to continue to be that underdog, continue to be that Rocky of college football, college sports, and go on and win that championship. Yeah. you have more of a chip on your shoulder. So yeah, it's a lot easier to play with that chip on your shoulder and play from behind than to be the number one contender and everyone's gunning for you. So yeah. that's what happened in 15, and Michigan State came in and beat us. because did not run the ball, but that's yeah. either here or there. But
2: Backup quarterback, the whole thing, man. Yeah, right? it's, a, it's a lot
0: easier to win when you're the underdog compared to being the person who was supposed to win. Yeah,
2: well, in Ohio State, showing up, like... They're never the underdog. Like even when that 14 there, they were a little bit like counted out, right? I think they were doubted, you know, and then like to this year and the rest of this season going into the Iowa games coming up and, and they're favored by 28 and a half points versus Iowa, who's got a good defense, but has no offense to speak of the rest of their season going up to the Michigan game. I mean, no doubt going to Penn State, it's not going to be easy. I know Penn State just got blown off the field by Michigan. Maryland, yeah, I don't know. To his younger brother, if he's hurt, yeah, two got hurt, yeah, yeah. So you're kind of looking at it to say you can't overlook anybody, right? We've seen Purdue and Iowa sneak up on Ohio State in the past and ruin a season or two, but they are playing a season like they almost have to play against themselves, right? And that Michigan game is just out there, and Michigan is like they might roll into that game one two for all we know, or one four whatever two three, it doesn't matter, but that's gonna be. Michigan's a problem. They're a real team. But, like, and I don't know if it's just the luck of the draw because Wisconsin's usually a good team. Notre Dame's usually a good team. All of a sudden, Ohio State is like, it's not their fault, right? And everyone wants to talk about it and it doesn't matter at the end of the day. But it's complicated because are they really playing a true opponent? Michigan, the same way. Like, I don't think they're playing anybody. There's just a lack of quality opponents. Maybe it's the Big Ten. Maybe it's just in general that you get to play on a weekly basis. You're only going to play a few marquee games anyway. Eventually, you're going to get to play, right? Right. You're going to play Michigan. You're going to play a Big Ten championship game. Actually, the Big Ten West sucks. And then you're going to play against... Then you're going to play two playoff games, right? So you're still going to get Alabama, Mm -hmm. Georgia, Tennessee, somebody, Clemson, USC. I don't know. But like we've talked about a little bit. I guess it doesn't matter. But there's just not a lot of teams on the schedule that they have to worry about.
0: Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame, that team wasn't bad. They have bad losses. And Ohio State could have broke them a little bit, right? That happens. Yeah, they have a bad loss, which is Marshall. That's a bad loss, right? And Wisconsin's not necessarily horrible. We were just better. Yeah. I mean, they damn fired their coach. And then they fired the coach who's had, I think his record is pretty much the same as Harborough, if not better. Yeah. Hasn't won a Big Ten championship and hasn't gone to the playoffs, but... He's still a great coach, and they fire yeah. him, right? Yeah. That's still kind of weird to me, but it is what it is. I don't know if it's a lack of talent or programs that are as good as most people say the SEC schedule is, right? But right. But I think Ohio State and Michigan just happen to be that much better than everyone else in the Big yeah. Ten East, at least. Yeah. Maryland's not terrible. No. By any means, I
2: think. I don't think it's a talent issue. Like we've talked about before, there's a lot of
0: talent. I think there's just a bad losses that have happened. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, it's hard
2: to win, right? Like it's hard to win a lot of guys on the field.
0: Yes, yeah, that and I mean the Big Ten East. I mean, we thought maybe Penn State was gonna be hey, this is gonna be the team. That's gonna be a tough game too. And Michigan went out and, you know, did what they had to do versus them. And it doesn't mean that Penn State's not gonna show up when they play us, right? Right. But um yeah, there's just a lot of losses at this moment. And looking at the Big Ten West I think the surprise over there is Illinois. They're just kind of, I didn't expect that out of them. Right. I think what they're five and one, I believe at this moment, something like that. And yeah, there's not really that many people in the Big Ten. And it also doesn't help that Tennessee just happens to be very good this year. Right. And they just beat Alabama. So it's making the SEC look even better. Yeah. But people are forgetting that Alabama really should have lost to Texas. Like they were. Yeah. The quarterback, if he didn't get hurt, I think they lost. They would lose that game. So mm-hmm. That game could
2: have gone either way, just like the Tennessee-Alabama yeah. game could have. Yeah.
0: yeah, it could have gone either way, I think. But we'll be fine. I think this Ohio State-Michigan game is going to probably be a top-four matchup. I think Ohio State does win. win. I think they win pretty big, if you want my honest opinion. Yeah, yeah, I do. Mostly because Michigan's drawing way too much. And by Michigan, I mean you got the fans, and then you got these players— that, again, have this false sense of security. I believe that they think they have the same exact team and same exact defense that they had last year, and that's not at all what the case. And I also believe that they think Ohio State's defense and or offense is the same as last year, which isn't the case. So, right and we had a great offense last year, but this offense is different.
2: The line is different, right?
0: The line is different. We're running the ball with two starters, one A and one B. Yeah. And our backups are real good as well. Yeah. One happens to be a walk on who's very good. Yeah. So I think it should be good. But I mean, that's a lot of players on the field. The ball could bounce either way. But either way, Ohio State would be okay. I think they're going to go out there and they're going to win the championship. So, and I'm being biased, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Well, I mean, Michigan, the
2: dynamic they have different is they got a quarterback that he has a little something, right? He's a highly recruited kid. He's a good player, five star kid. He can move around a little bit. They don't open it up much with him. I would imagine by the time that game rolls around, that that could be different. They got the Donovan Edwards kid who's, they're unleashing a little oh, yeah. bit. I it's mean, good. they're running the ball, right? Like they did last year. So they're dynamic with that. It'll be interesting to see. And they, I don't think this will happen to them. I would doubt it would happen to them that they have not played from behind. And I would be interested to know what would that look like to be down by say two scores in the second half when you're having to throw the ball. So can Ohio State make them play from behind, right? There's certain times we've seen, like go back to 2002, right? Trestle's team versus Miami. Miami really hadn't been in a game where they had to like deal with it like a lot of adversity. They weren't ready for that.
0: They would blow folks out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a different play when you have to play from behind, right? Yeah. Especially if you've been winning all your games. Yeah. And then that game 12, game 13, whatever it is, now all of a sudden you're down 14 and yep. you have to figure out, okay, what do we do? Can't necessarily right. run the ball because we need to pass and I don't think that quarterback he's he's a good quarterback Craig kid, his accuracy downfield isn't there yet right? so it would definitely be interesting to see what happens yep. when that happens, I'm going to go ahead yeah. and say it's going to happen, especially yeah. when they play Ohio State so I don't know, I don't know if they can do it I know in Maryland, the Maryland-Michigan game, he tried to throw the ball a little bit and it didn't work out for him, if you want my honest opinion. Yeah. It didn't really work. He didn't look that good. And Maryland was sending and getting pressure on this kid left and right. And I believe with our linebackers and our D-line, we have the guys that can actually go and get pressure like that. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't think that's going to be an issue for us. It's going to be whether or not the guys in the back end can hold up. Because right now, or at least our corners... They haven't exactly played the best as of late. Yeah. But it's still early in the season. They can improve.
2: I want to touch on that because you would know. So from what I've heard, people talk about their corners, that the corners are playing well. They're getting beat, but they're not getting beat. Like they're not getting five yards beat. They're not identifying where the ball is when it's coming. They're not playing the ball. So like, yeah, explain that to us.
0: Yeah. So it's just a comfortability. I never had to play one-on-one all like that because I obviously I played safety and right. The corners, that's a whole different beast. Right. The corners, the best athlete on the field, on defense, and possibly the best athlete, period, on the team, if you want my honest opinion. Yeah. And that's like one of the hardest positions to play, right? And as you go on, you watch these plays, it's not like the Cleveland Browns where it's a blown coverage and this guy's 30 yards down the field. Right. It's more so the corners are there. They're not getting their head around in time and or they're not, you know, ripping through the ball as the ball's coming through. So I think, again, with time and becoming more comfortable and where you are on the field and watching the receivers' hands, I think they'll get better. So it's just one of those things where it's just gonna take reps. And at corner, it's one of the hardest positions to play on the field. Yeah. That's why it's the best athletes. And that's why you also have a lot of tall receivers that might go and play cover corner just because they're athletic they're tall long arms they can run and they can play the ball yeah i believe that's where i want to say Diggs. that's where he started off at receiver down at alabama and then switched to corner yeah i want to say that's what happened over there and then the richard sherman i believe was a receiver at stanford and then went over to mm-hmm. corner so yeah man it's one of those it's you got to have an athletic guy out there and It's just, they have to go and become more comfortable in coverage and understand where they are on the field. Yeah. But again, that comes with reps. So they're not playing horrible, but also one of those things where we're giving up some plays.
2: It's hard. Mm -hmm. Well, and you see it, fans see it, right? Media sees Mm -hmm. it and they see that play and the receiver makes the play and the corner does it, but he was right Mm -hmm. there and it's like, man, they're getting beat. And so mentally, like you said before, that's why it's probably one of the hardest positions because you just got beat but the playcock's still running and you're not coming out of the game and you got to go do it all over again and you got to have, like they said, the short-term memory. Mm-hmm. So the mental challenge and it's got to be tough. That's probably the bye week came at a good time so they can like oh, yeah. work on this to think about this. Yeah. Make some decisions as to who's going to play going forward because this is it. Like you're going to play a team and maybe this is the year Obviously, you saw Tennessee-Alabama this week. I mean, that receiver, whatever, for Tennessee, I mean, right, that was he ridiculous. Six
0: catches, five receptions for 207 or something.
2: Yeah. It's crazy. It's so crazy. But the best receivers are in their practice that they're going to play all year, yeah. which yeah. is wild. So maybe they match up well. Like, they're not going to... That Alabama team from a couple years ago with Devontae Smith, I mean, that was a problem. He
0: was different. So. Yeah,
2: so you just... You might not see those receivers, but there's players, and I guess it's just it's up to the coaches in those corners to figure out like one, who's going to see the field and can they coach them up to play the ball, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. that's what they're going to figure out. But getting into coaching decisions, man, like no one wants to watch the Denver Broncos play football and they're like become the butt of every joke because they're on prime time every week and they're disaster. But but Baron Browning's playing. Oh, man, he's and he's one of the best defense players in the league right now. And it's mm-hmm. weird to see he didn't play all the snaps at Ohio State and he was playing middle linebacker. And it's like, Coaches can make wrong decisions. Like,
0: oh, yeah. Someone told me the other day, actually, a few years ago, and it was actually one of my teammates' fathers, Donnie Everett, his Mm -hmm. dad, Big Donnie. And Big Donnie played baseball in college. He always used to say, you know, one of the hardest things for a coach to do is coach talent. Like, everyone's talented. You have to figure out who's going to play and where they're going to play. That's always one of the hardest things. That's what he always said, right? And you look at a guy like Baron Browning, who didn't really get that many snaps. over oh, he got snaps, but it wasn't really that big of a deal, right? And, yeah. you know, he had guys like, I believe Tough Borland was playing ahead of him. I'm trying to think who else was that little linebacker that may have got some snaps over him. I know Pete Warner. Well, I think Pete Warner played strong side. I think yeah. Barron was on the weak side. So I'm not too sure who else was on that weak side. But even at Ohio State, you knew who the guys were, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And maybe at that time, it just didn't, he didn't match the scheme that they wanted. I mean, who knows? But the thing about talent and that kind of thing is like, as soon as you go to that next level and the coaches see, like, they're going to put you in a position to win and be successful because that's how they keep their job, number one. But number two, you have to have the best 11 people on the field in order for you to have a chance to win in the NFL. And I mean, yeah, I guess you can say the same thing for college, but in the NFL, you need the best of the best and Barron got his opportunity, he's killing it. Yeah. He, I think when he went to, I think it was the Senior Bowl or maybe the East-West Bowl, whichever one it was, maybe it's the same thing. I don't know. I'm getting old now. <laughs> yeah. All blends together. When he went out there, I think he left the game and those practices, and they said that he was the best linebacker there. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things where now you question what happened at Ohio State, what was yeah. going on, right? Yeah. Yeah. That linebacker's coach is no longer here either. So, I
2: was going to say, well, people lose their jobs. People lose so their jobs for it, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Man. So, he's been balling. So, yeah. I'm happy for him. He's actually uh, one of my chapter bros as well. So, he actually crossed the Nuggets Yeah. I owe the side chapter. So, yeah, those are actually a lot of people from my fraternity that extra player on the football
2: team. So he's getting it done. He's mm-hmm. teammates with Russell Wilson. And I know defense and offense are separated, right? So there's a lot yeah. going on with Russell Wilson. And I was tuned in a little bit to the Pat McAfee show yesterday. And I was AJ Hawk was talking about it, right? And how Richard Sherman and Marshawn Lynch were saying, if you wanted to talk to Russell Wilson, you had to go to his people. Go through
0: his agent or his manager yeah. or something. And,
2: yeah. and that seemed crazy because like Pat McAfee saying when he was with the Colts, Peyton was available. He's like, if you need me, man, just text me, call me. I'm available. Like, I might not get back to you the second, but I'm here. And so you start seeing, like, I guess my question is, like, you've been a part of some teams with some, like, some dudes, right? Like, have you ever seen that before, where like you just couldn't get a hold of somebody, like, where they made you go through it? And and I don't know what's true and what's not, and what animosity all those players have with one another and mm-hmm. throwing each other into the bus. I mean, that happens, but like, what do you make of that whole thing?
0: That's different. I mean, it's the NFL, I guess, but I mean, if you're playing ball with somebody, regardless of their superstar status, like they're pretty accessible, right? I mean, I've never heard of someone saying, hey, if you want to talk to me, go talk to my manager. If you want to talk to me, go call my dad first, and then my dad can set something up for us. Like That's a higher level, and I'm not too sure what Russell does or... How yeah. he is, maybe that's just his routine. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But as someone that's a leader of a football team or looked to as a leader of the football team, in Russell's case, I guess the franchise quarterback, Yeah, you have to have a little bit more access. People shouldn't have to go through to your manager in order to talk to you, Yeah, right? <laughs> and again, that might be true, might not be true. Who knows? I'm just going based off of what was said. Sure. And I look at guys like, I guess on offense while I was at Ohio State, Terrell prior. Yep. Like, we didn't have to go through Terrell's <laughs> agent, or, but he didn't have an agent, but whatever yeah. it may be. like, And he was big time though, right? Like, he was... Like, he was big time. He was on magazines. He was doing these things, but TP was also, you know, the first one in, last one out. He worked hard, but also talked to every single person in that facility. He was a leader. He was a good dude. Now, TP still TP, and my teammates understand what I mean by saying that, but like, he was accessible right? Like, it wasn't like he was too good for anybody. And then on the defensive side, you had guys like the Malcolm Jenkins and the Cameron Haywards, the James Laranituses, who, again, accessible. Like, it wasn't like they would not talk to you. Now, if it was something where, you know, they're trying to focus on ball or film and this, that, the other, and somebody else is trying to, like, you know, joke around or whatever it may be, that's different. Like, they're going to ignore that guy. But as far as being accessible to your teammates, like, that's what you do as a leader. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, again, I don't know how true it is. Yeah. I don't know if they just said it just to say it, but knowing those two, Richard Sherman and Marshawn Lynch, like, they just don't say things just to say them. Like, if they're saying it, there's got to be truth in it, right? Yeah, no one doubted it, yeah. Yeah. That's weird. I mean, also, that's probably why there's still animosity on why, you know, beast mode did not get the ball. On yep. the goal line, which to me is still weird why you would throw it, but yeah. Again, whatever.
2: Yeah. That's all of them, right? Yeah. That's the Super Bowl.
0: That's just yeah. gone. Yeah. Vanished. Yeah, I'm not too sure. There's a lot there. That's deep. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be on a team where my leader, my teammate, I had to go through an agent and talk to him. Mm. And again, maybe college and NFL are different, right? But even Coach Trussell, while playing, or even right now, if you shoot a text over to him or, hey, Coach, can I talk to you and email him? Whatever it may be. He's going to make some time for you. Yeah. It may not be the 30 minutes that you need. It might only be five, but regardless, he's going to make time for you. So I don't understand how a coach Trestle can make time and like, this is your teammates. This is your team. Yeah. Right. You're the leader of this team and you can't make time. Yeah. But maybe that's the reason why the Broncos are performing the way that they're performing. Yeah. Their leader is kind of doing his own thing. So who knows?
2: Yeah. Who knows, man? Jeez. The Buckeyes covering versus Iowa, 28 and a half points?
0: I think so. Mostly because Iowa cannot score.
2: Yeah. Their kicker's great. Some field goals are going to happen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah their kicker's great, but... They got a good
2: defense, though, but it's oh, just yeah, that's a lot yeah. of pressure on the defense. They'll be on the field.
0: Oh, I was talking about just points. Now... I get it. I get it. The defense will be the ones that have to score, right? Yeah. And maybe they will. Who knows? I don't yeah. know. Probably not, but... I don't see Iowa scoring many points here. Yeah. Mostly because their offense has not been good. And their defense at this point, they're getting to a point in the season where I know they're tired. Yeah. They're playing yeah. a lot of snaps.
2: Yeah. It's got to be frustrating, right? Because mm-hmm. you hear about that, where like sometimes the offense carries a team and sometimes the defense carries a team. And I think you run into a certain point when if it's that bad, it's got to be frustrating. And you could answer mm-hmm. this to where like, man, how many stops we can get? Can you guys mm-hmm. please do something with the ball? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean it's one of those things as someone on defense. If your offense is really struggling that much, and I was different because their offense has been struggling since probably yeah. the preseason. They in camp, they were probably struggling.
2: Yeah, they were struggling the last few years, I think, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So you know, that's a little bit different. But normally, there's like the ebbs and flow. There's sometimes mm. where the defense can't stop a thing, and offense. I'm sorry, but you got to carry us, but. That defense also knows it's going to come down third quarter or fourth quarter where you have to make a stop and you'll do that right yep but yeah their situation is different like as a defense I wouldn't be surprised if at this point the locker room's kind of divided a bit to where like offense we need your help y'all aren't doing what you're supposed to be doing and now we're forced to do X y and z yep so I, I wouldn't be surprised if it, there's a little bit of a split there in the locker room. But typically on the good teams, on the great teams, we know that there's going to be times where the defense needs some help or maybe the offense needs some help or just a spark, whatever it may be, they just need a spark. And, you know, I don't see Iowa's offense providing that spark for their defense because their defense has been on the field so much. I don't see them being able to to stop many more offenses this year. So, yeah, I think Ohio State does cover.
2: Okay. I think there's an ass kicking that's owed to Iowa from 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there has to be some, I mean, Ryan Day was on the staff, so he was there. Yeah. That was the, like maybe his last year. I can't remember. 2017, so he took over. Anyway, they haven't played in five years, which is crazy to think about. Like, you're in the same conference, and you're maybe two of that like, was considered, at least on the top half of the Big Ten, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, 55-24. Like, my God, what happened?
0: Was that the year, that was the bad offense, slash... Well, we came back for Penn State that year, correct? Yeah. I think JT went from like...
2: That game just was weird.
0: 17 and 19 in the second half. Something crazy. He ended up bringing us back and winning. Yeah. Was our defense good that year? I'm trying to think. Who was 17? Either way, there was the game. I think it was the game right after that Penn State game where there was a lot of emotions, a lot of ups and downs and we ended up pulling it out at the end and then you go into Iowa. Iowa's a pretty tough place to play and... Noah Fant went ham. I know that much. Their tight yeah. ends were killing us yeah. left and right.
2: Yep. Hawkinson was the yeah. other one. Yeah. Jeez.
0: We definitely owe them for sure.
2: Yep. Yep.
0: I think we will, like I said, cover, and I think we're going to go off. So, yeah, I'm excited about it.
2: Yeah. I'm with it, man.
0: This is good. Mm-hmm. You got yes, anything sir. else, man? No, I'm good, man. I'm just yeah. excited for this game. I think Ohio State covers. Hopefully, everyone stays healthy, and we're good to go. Hopefully, it's a blowout as well, so we can get some more reps. I'm yeah. all about getting the young guys reps.
2: Yeah. They're going to get in the 50s. They got it. They owe it. It's just a big one, yeah. I feel like. It's a 12 o'clock game. Have we had one of yeah.
0: those? <laughs> I don't know. At like this point, it's been a while. Yeah. I feel like all we do is play night games.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just wake up, man, and play some football. So, well, Nate, man. It's good stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Listen, man, I appreciate it, and looking forward to next week. In case you haven't
2: noticed, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're building a -a one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network.